Intense exercise takes a biochemical toll. Research has shown that intense activity results in decreased levels of glutathione, our body's homemade antioxidant. And that happens even in the young athlete. The older athlete is battling against declining production of glutathione. And without sufficient glutathione, the oxidative stress associated with exercise can reduce athletic performance and delay recovery. Heck, low glutathione makes you look and feel old. Today on episode 118, I talk with Ross Pelton, the natural pharmacist, about glutathione, the master antioxidant and a key biomarker of aging. Glutathione is made by the body to act as a master regulator of other antioxidants. What's more, low glutathione is a marker for aging and a higher likelihood of disease. The older we get, the less glutathione our bodies make and the more glutathione our bodies need. Glutathione IV drips are all the rage these days, but do we really need to go to the doctor's office to get what we need? All right, let's talk to Ross Pelton and find out what we need to know about glutathione. Ross Pelton, welcome back to the Wise Athletes Podcast. Hey, Joe, it's nice to be back with you and your listeners and viewers again on Wise Athletes. Fantastic. Hey, I understand you're just back in the country. Where'd you go? Yeah, my wife and I went to uh, Spain and Portugal for six weeks, and wow. it was just an over-the-top, mind-blowing experience. We had just the most wonderful time. Wow, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. Did it involve riding your bikes? Yeah, it did. You. One of the things that we do, um, the day after we arrive in a city, we do a bike tour of the city um, and Very have nice. a guide. And sometimes there are small group tours with maybe six or eight or 10 people. And occasionally we book a private tour. So it's just my wife and myself and a private guide. And they're very knowledgeable about the city and the culture and everything you need to know. And they, you ride around and see all the, the main sites. So it's just a wonderful way to get a quick introduction to the new cities that you've arrived in. I bet it is. I'm, I'm so jealous. I'm, yeah. I'm going um, to get to a part of my life and I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. And actually, I want to emphasize, these bike rides are not exercise rides. Um, most of them are on regular bikes, uh, a couple of them are on e-bikes, but you're not riding hard at all. The, the goal is to relax and get around and see all the sights. So, uh, but it, sure. we really like it. It's one of our main uh, ways that we make a, a, an effort to do on every city we go to. Well, I have often said that uh, the path to happiness always involves a bicycle so uh you know whether it's an electric bicycle or not then uh you know that's that's that doesn't matter yeah uh, bicycle good. is a wonderful invention that just somehow perfectly yep. fits with the human being facilitates so, movement yeah yeah uh, it's kind of like a, a active form of meditation and, yeah, and you exactly. also get to move around and you see wonderful things so yep. mm -hmm. congratulations and welcome back thank you today we're going to talk about glutathione yeah, glutathione, Joe, is one of my one of my passions, um, and a lot of people don't know as much about glutathione as they should. And mm. so, my goal today with you and our discussion is to talk about the the major functions of glutathione and how it works and why it works and how important it is to our systems, and how you can be proactive to boost your glutathione levels and what happens when you have low glutathione levels. So there's a mm -hmm. lot to talk about here. Awesome. Before we jump into it, I, sure. I just wanted to say, um, for the audience's sake, that um, this is something that I did not know much about until very recently when I came to understand that it is the central antioxidant. 
yeah. for our body. Yeah. And so it's one of those fundamental things that affects a lot of our systems. So, you know, we talk about, you know, maybe hallmarks of aging, uh, those kinds of things. This is one of those things. It's, it's like uh, inflammation where it's like touches everything. And yeah, if this goes right. wrong, then a lot of things go wrong. And if you can get it right, then a lot of things can go right. Well, let, let me start with, uh, I hadn't planned on starting here, but you brought up aging and how important it is for healthy aging. So uh, before I get into all the functions of glutathione, yeah. I'll tell you about there's a couple of doctors I started following a number of years ago, John Ritchie and Kelvin Lang. Okay. And they were studying glutathione. And they took a group of animals and put a glutathione booster in their drinking water and got huge increases in glutathione levels and got mm -hmm. 30 to 38% life extension in these animals. So this is the first real study in animals that showed that glutathione is a life extension drug. Now, mm. what animals did they use? <laughs> they used mosquitoes. Holy cow. And whenever I do this talk at a group of people, somebody always raises their hand and says, why would anybody want to increase the life lifespan <laughs> of mosquitoes? <laughs> I'd kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> But this, this was the first study that showed the remarkable benefits of boosting glutathione levels. Mm -hmm. And to my mind, this is the premier study that showed that glutathione is a biomarker for aging. So let me now get into just kind of doing bullet points for the main functions of glutathione. And then I'll get into a little bit more detail about all of these. Okay. You mentioned glutathione is an antioxidant. Glutathione is called the master antioxidant. Um, it protects more of your body probably than any other antioxidant. It's made in every cell in your body. And so it's a critical regulator and a critical protector of every single cell in your body. Second major function of glutathione is it is a master regulator of your detoxification. And so I'll get into that in a little more detail, but one of the stresses along these lines is that there's more toxins in the environment now than there's ever been before in recorded history. So this puts a stress on our detoxification system and specifically on our glutathione levels. And so when we say toxins, do we mean like uh, molds in our house? Uh, what Mold do we... and fungus. We're talking about glyphosate and agricultural toxins. We're talking about smoking and um, we're talking about both recreational and prescription drugs and uh. for all there's thousands and thousands of pollutants or non-biological things in the environment that we're getting exposed to now. And glutathione is the master regulator of detoxifying these things, getting them out of your body. Okay. And so if your glutathione levels are low, then you are building up toxic levels in your body of a wide range of things. Second thing that I think is absolutely fascinating is that glutathione is critical for the function of your immune system. Um, we've got couple of different types of white blood cells. There's T lymphocytes and B lymphocytes and natural killer cells. These all require glutathione for proper functioning. Hmm. And there are studies have been published that document that 
Boosting glutathione levels really doesn't improve the immune function in healthy individuals. Mm. But who's healthy these days? I mean, we, really, <laughs> we have an epidemic of epidemics. Um, we've yeah. got heart disease and cancer and diabetes and autism and ADHD and Alzheimer's disease and inflammatory diseases. And, I mean, everything is going crazy. And when I was a kid in the 90s, 50s, and 60s, none of these epidemics were around. So this has happened in a very fast time. And um, boosting glutathione levels really enhances the immune function and the functioning of all these white blood cells. And by, by the way, these white blood cells, their primary function, they're kind of like your, um, your first line of defense circulating in your bloodstream, looking for bacteria and other foreign invaders. They're, so they're on the front line of protecting you against uh, infections and other types of invaders. And so after talking about um, its ability to influence the immune system, and the other thing that's kind of related to this, but one step beyond it, I think, and worth emphasizing, is that it has incredibly powerful antiviral activity. And we've just been through a three-plus-year pandemic with a major viral problem, and there are studies on all types of viruses with glutathione, HIV and, and the coronavirus and on and on and on. They've all been studied and glutathione has significant effect against all of them. And is this a direct thing or is it the glutathione's effect on the immune system? It boosts your immune system and it also helps to prevent the replication of the virus. So pretty significant stuff. Okay. And the other thing is that now um, it's also glutathione is also involved in DNA repair and the production of energy at the cellular level. So all really important things, and especially for athletes. You know, we're, we're you're wise, the wise athlete program, and um, so let's talk about these different functions and how they might apply specifically to athletes. All right, when you exercise you're cranking higher levels of oxygen through your cells and producing more energy in your mitochondria, you're also producing more free radicals. Right. And so you really want to make sure that your glutathione levels are optimal. And in fact, I like to err on the side of having a little higher levels because whenever you meet some major sort of a stress, you want to have enough glutathione on board to be able to manage that whether it's oxidative stress or some level of toxin or whatever it is. So I think uh, it's really important for people to understand how important it is to keep their glutathione levels boosted and be proactive because I think today most people alive have suboptimal levels of glutathione for a number of reasons. Um, horrible diets, high levels of environmental toxins, many things deplete glutathione levels, uh, for example, smoking rapidly depletes glutathione. That's one of the reasons smokers have so much lung damage. Glutathione in lung tissue has been depleted, trying to detoxify, detoxify that cigarette smoke. Mm. Another one I, I like to really make sure people understand is that the metabolism of alcohol requires glutathione. And so there's a lot of people that uh, either recreationally uh, uh, drink on a regular basis, and um, some people do more than what we call recreational drinking, mm. but uh, regular alcohol consumption is definitely going to deplete your glutathione levels. And one of the biggest ones is acetaminophen. 
That's the generic name for the painkiller over-the-counter Tylenol. Yeah. In addition to being over-the-counter painkiller, it's also in many of the prescription drugs that are painkillers. And a lot of athletes are taking painkillers when they get injured, whether it could be just over-the-counter Tylenol or prescription medications like Vicodin and Percocet and so forth that are stronger painkillers. But they all contain acetaminophen, and it's one of the fastest ways to deplete glutathione levels. Hmm. And what happens frequently is that people are taking high levels of these painkillers and maybe they're smokers and they might also be consuming alcohol. So multiple things that are uh, influencing glutathione depletion, you get liver damage and um, glutathione depletion is the number one cause of liver transplants in the United States. Mm. So this is a big deal. I mean, it's not like there are tens of millions of people that are suffering from liver transplants and, and needing them, but there's tens of millions of people that are taking um, painkillers and ingesting alcohol and exposed to cigarette smoke and bad environments that are all contributing to glutathione depletion. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a fairly big deal. And actually, I've got a slide that I show in some of my live presentations that documents the fact that virtually all of our chronic degenerative diseases are associated with low glutathione levels. So we're talking about neurological and brain diseases like Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's disease and Huntington's disease and autism and bipolar disorder and depression. That's just in the category of neurological and brain diseases. Then we've got all the cardiovascular diseases, immune diseases, uh, HIV and AIDS and cancer and lupus and viral infections, and then there's thyroid and pancreatic function and a wide range of other types of illnesses that are on the list, inflammatory conditions and so forth. Now, I'm not claiming that glutathione is a therapy for all of these conditions, but I'm saying that low glutathione levels are associated with a higher incidence of all these diseases. Maybe it's like a canary in the coal mine kind of a thing. If you're yeah, exactly, glutathione exactly. is low, then something's wrong and it's, and it's causing illnesses in other parts of your body. Yep, you bet. And talking about our athletes who are exercising at a high level, that's oxygen is used in the mitochondria to produce ATP. That's your energy. But there's also a lot of free radicals that are being produced. And along with CoQ10, glutathione is one of the major antioxidants to reduce DNA damage to your mitochondria. And we now understand that one of the primary causes of aging is damage from free radicals. Mm. And of course, these, the job of these antioxidants is to neutralize these free radicals. But now we understand it at a little deeper level. It's not just free radical damage. It's really free radical damage to your mitochondrial DNA. That inhibits your mitochondria's ability to produce energy. And when you have low levels of energy, then you end up with hypoxia, and that just accelerates the whole problem. So it's really critical to protect these mitochondria. And to um, just highlight two antioxidants, glutathione and coenzyme Q10 are the two major things to protect your mitochondria. Mm. I guess it would be true that if your mitochondria was not healthy, then it would be less efficient in making energy. And so it's probably making more reactive oxygen species when it is making energy. Exactly. Yep. It's, a, it's an accelerating downward spiral. Mm. I'm going to 
tell our listeners the title of a study here, just to show that this is not all my opinion. It's in a book, and the book is titled The Therapeutic Use of N-Acetylcysteine in Medicine, December 2018. N-Acetylcysteine, NAC. Yeah. The title of this particular chapter in his book, Glutathione Deficiency May Play a Pivotal Role in a Variety of Apparently Unrelated Clinical Conditions and Diseases. Uh So they're linking glutathione deficiency with a wide range of health problems that usually are not associated with glutathione deficiency. They're thinking about other problems um, and not realizing that glutathione is one of the fundamental problems that's creating the issue. Hmm. And if we take my second bullet point, which is the immune system, Um, if you have elevated free radical production, you're going to have a challenge to your immune system. And athletes are often under a high level of stress. I mean, just high level competition is stressful, but then there's a lot of training. And I know a lot of athletes that do not eat very well. Mm -hmm. And so for a number of reasons, I think the immune system of a lot of high level functioning athletes is not as high as it should be. Mm -hmm. And here's a statement from a study that was published in November of 1994. And the authors of this study said, even a partial depletion of glutathione will provide a profound inhibition of your immune function. (laughs) So even small depletions of glutathione are having a major hit on your immune function. And when your immunity goes down, you also then have an increased risk for viral infections. And we we know how problematic that is over the last three years or so. So... There's a lot of reasons to really boost your glutathione levels. Right. One other thing I like to emphasize about glutathione is that as you age, your body's ability to produce glutathione goes down. Yeah, let's get into that. Because if it's yeah. so important, why would got, it go down? Well, over time, you've got accumulated damage to genes and and things just don't work as well. And, I mean, everything goes down with aging, Joe. Mm. The, the goal of what you and I are trying to educate people about is how to slow down the process. Well, let me ask you, because it seems like there's two sides to the equation. One is that you could be making less, and the other side is you could be using more. Exactly, and, exactly. Okay. Both of those things are happening because... Uh. You're using more because over time there's more and more exposure to toxins. And if you're making less, you're building up more toxins in your body. So it's a combination of increased exposure and increased body burden of toxins over time and damage to genes that are involved in the production at the cellular level. And so the aging process and the environmental and lifestyle factors that all are interrelated contribute to lower levels of glutathione as we age. All right. Yeah. So one other factor I'll mention before I dive into um, how we're going to boost our glutathione levels. Um, Back in, uh, let's see, 2009, three scientists won the Nobel Prize in Physiology and Medicine for their discovery of telomeres and telomerase Hmm. and how those function to protect chromosomes against DNA damage. Mm-hmm. Well, what's been learned more recently is that levels of telomeres parallel levels of glutathione. 
I had not heard that. And so there's another indication that glutathione is really a biomarker of aging because telomeres and your telomere length is a biomarker of aging and your activity of your telomerase enzyme. And if you have higher levels of glutathione, you'll have higher levels of telomerase and you'll have a less of a shortening of your telomeres, a decline in the rate of shortening of telomeres. So maybe less senescence in your cells. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. So the first study I mentioned with Dr. Calvin Lang and, and uh, John Ritchie in the mosquito study showed that boosting glutathione extends lifespan. And now the, the Nobel Prize winners are teaching us about telomeres and telomerase. And there's a number of studies now that, that report that glutathione levels uh, parallel uh, telomere levels. So just another indication that the, all the good things that glutathione does actually slows down the shortening of your telomeres, and that is a, a known biomarker of aging. Okay. So how are we going to boost our glutathione levels? One of the reasons people don't know as much about glutathione as they do about vitamin C and vitamin D and so forth, glutathione is not absorbed orally. When it's taken orally, it gets broken down and destroyed, and so oral glutathione is not effective. So for decades, glutathione products were not on the shelves in health food stores. Let me ask you a question about that. If it gets broken down into the components of glutathione, then why doesn't the body just put it back into glutathione? Um, I, you know, I don't have an answer to that, but um, people taking um, oral glutathione have not gotten a boost in their glutathione levels. All right, it just doesn't work. Yeah, it does get broken down. But over the, the last couple of decades, Joe, there's been in, some improvement in uh, absorption processes, and there's now these liposomal delivery forms and several different uh, variations of that. And liposomal delivery forms have provided some improvement in the absorption of glutathione. So this would be where they're taking the glutathione orally that didn't work because it got broken down, but because it's coated in a fat. Yes, a liposomal or enteric coating or something that protects it from gastric acid. And, and uh, one thing I'll, I'll mention here about stomach acid that uh, gives a little emphasis about why things get broken down in the stomach. Um, the acid base level is a logarithmic la uh, scale. It goes from 1 to 14 and 7 is neutral. So 7 is, is neither acidic nor basic. It's right in the middle. Well, the, the pH of your stomach is around anywhere from one and a half to three, highly, highly acidic. The pH in the small intestine is around 6.4, 6.6 or so. Hmm. Because this is a logarithmic scale going from 1.5 or 2 up to 3, 4, 5, 6, that means the acidity in the stomach is 10, 100, 1,000, 10,000, the acidity in the stomach is somewhere between 10,000 and 100,000 times stronger acid than the acid level in the small intestines. And that's to kill things and to break things down. So that's not bad, right? It's, it's involved in the digestion of proteins in the stomach, but it's also the front line of your immune system for things that get into your system through your mouth to, yeah. to destroy bacteria and viruses and other foreign invaders before they get into your uh, small intestine and get absorbed into your system. Okay. But that strong acid in the stomach is why most probiotics don't work. Uh, they get destroyed by the stomach acid. Okay. But anyway, we can liposomal delivery systems and some of these enteric-coated dosage forms 
are more effective at getting some glutathione in and getting it absorbed. Okay. There's another way to boost your glutathione levels. That's intravenous glutathione. It has to be done in a doctor's office. It's very effective. However, intravenous glutathione gets oxidized very quickly. So within two to three days, it's all gone. So hmm. people that are doing intravenous glutathione therapeutically need to go to a doctor's office twice a week. That takes time. It's expensive. You got to schedule appointments. You got to drive to the doctor's office. You got to sit there and get an IV drip for several hours. So, although it's a very effective method of boosting glutathione in the short term, it's not a really user friendly or economic way of boosting glutathione on a long term basis. But some people with severe health problems get tremendous benefit from yeah. intravenous glutathione. Well, let me ask you a question, Ross, because, uh, you know, I, I mean, I, I told you that I, uh, it was it was recent that I had uh, learned about glutathione, but long enough ago that I have co- I had come up with a solution that uh, I had heard about, and that was to supplement with glycine and NAC to provide building blocks for my body to make yeah. more yeah. Uh, glutathione. And I guess, I'm, you know, uh, are you saying that that doesn't work? I'm saying the science on that is questionable, Joe. I've seen some studies that show that people taking N-acetylcysteine do get boosts in their glutathione levels. Uh I've also seen some good studies, and I'll send you this after after our talk here so you'll have access to this study, that talks about the biochemistry of N-acetylcysteine and shows how it gets altered in stomach acid and really doesn't give the benefit that you would think it might do. And so Hmm. I've got questions about N-acetylcysteine. Ah. But there's one other one I want to tell all our listeners about because I think it is the best and most effective way of boosting glutathione. And this is a a brand name that comes out of Europe. The brand name is called RegActive. It's spelled R-E-G apostrophe A-C-T-I-V. And that brand name came about from a contraction of the words um, active regeneration. So the people created this brand name in Europe. Now, the active ingredient in these RegActive products is a very unique strain of probiotic bacteria called Lactobacillus fermentum ME3. I know that's a mouthful. So it's a probiotic. It's a a strain of probiotic bacteria. All right. And we call it ME3 for simplicity. And this strain of bacteria was originally discovered by the Department of Microbiology at the University of Tartu in Estonia, which is Eastern Europe, borders on Russia. Turns out the Department of Microbiology at the University of Tartu is a world-class microbiology lab. Back in the 60s and 70s, the microbiologists at the University of Tartu were studying the microbiome of the Russian cosmonauts, wanting to see if space flight change the microbiome. So the reason I mention is just showing that the uh, scientists in the University of Tartu's microbiology department have got many, many decades of working with probiotics and gut bacteria. In uh, 1995, I believe it was, this strain of bacteria, Lactobacillus fermentum ME3, was isolated from the intestinal tract of a healthy one-year-old child. And this strain of bacteria was included in a study the scientists were doing on lactobacillus bacteria, looking to see if any of these strains had antioxidant activity. Most of them had 
close to zero antioxidant activity. When they tested lactobacillus for fermentum ME3, its antioxidant activity was off the charts. They thought they'd made mistakes. They studied it and restudied it over and over and over. And it took a couple of years, but they finally discovered the reason ME3 has such incredibly high antioxidant activity, it synthesizes glutathione. So that's how this all got started. And one other really unique feature of lactobacillus fermentum ME3, it also synthesizes manganese superoxide dismutase, which is a really important intracellular antioxidant enzyme. So that's where this all got started, and it took a quite a number of years to figure out how to produce this commercially, but it has been done, and the company in Europe is marketing these RegActive products. So then how do we know it works? Well, there's a number of human clinical trials that have been conducted, and on average, people taking ME3 for four weeks get a 16% reduction in oxidized LDL cholesterol. Now, let me say a couple words about LDL cholesterol. People have gone hysterical about LDL cholesterol. It's not as bad as people think it is. It's when it gets oxidized that it becomes a deranged molecule that can damage the lining of the vascular system and create plaque buildup. So it's the oxidation of LDL cholesterol that creates the problem. If you have high levels of antioxidants on board, you're much less likely to get oxidized LDL cholesterol. And in this study, four weeks, uh, there was a 16% reduction in oxidized LDL cholesterol, so reduction in cardiovascular risks. Another thing that was measured was a free radical marker called 8-isoprostanes. This is a level of free radicals that are produced in cellular membranes throughout the body. There was a 20% decrease in this free radical marker. So that's another anti-aging life extension benefit, significantly reducing the production of free radicals in cell membranes throughout the body. The next bullet point I'm going to mention is very significant. The people taking ME3 over a period of weeks got a 49% increase in the ratio between reduced to oxidized glutathione. Now, reduced glutathione is the active form. Oxidized glutathione is the inactive form. So this 49% increase in the ratio between reduced to oxidized glutathione, no other product in the world has ever been able to get this kind of a boost in glutathione levels. And it's just because the bacteria is making glutathione in the bowel? 24 hours a day, yes. Not 24-7, exactly. And these people in these clinical trials also got a 26% increase in total antioxidant activity. And this is really interesting because the excess glutathione is also functioning to recycle and reactivate oxidized vitamin C and oxidized vitamin E. So you're boosting all your antioxidant activity, not just your glutathione levels. Okay. So this is a natural activity of glutathione, but you're saying when you have enough glutathione, then it can do these things that maybe it was failing to do when you were deficient. Right. Well, if you got extra glutathione, then you're not using up your vitamin E and you're not using up your vitamin C. Glutathione could do more of the work. Got it, got it. Well, how does this probiotic get through the gut? That's a good question. Thanks. Um, we've got studies that show that this is acid stable. So it passes safely through the gut. 
starts ah. to populate, populate and proliferate and produce glutathione. And you can even open the capsule and sprinkle it in juice or oh. water or whatever. So it's not and a coating. It's just the bacteria is somehow tolerant of the acid. Right, exactly. And we huh. don't know why for sure, but we've got good studies that show that it does survive through the gastric acid and colonize and start producing glutathione. Huh. Yeah, so pretty unique, pretty interesting. Yeah, well, I had never heard of that. So that's worth knowing. I guess I'm a little, uh, uh, I, I mean, you haven't said that it doesn't work, but you're not very enthusiastic about the, the whole glynac and, uh, and just the use of glycine. I mean, they did do some tests of, on uh, like, like yeah. you know, lifespan extension and glynac had a pretty significant extension on mice, of course. So what does that mean? I don't know. And uh, glycine alone had a life extension. And so it, it must have something to do with uh, sure. glutathione, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I'm sure that's one of the major reasons and, and functions. Um, and I'm not really totally dismissing those other substances. Okay. But rather than taking N-acetylcysteine, which is a precursor, why not actually make the real stuff, make the glutathione, we have MAC making it. Another thing I like to emphasize, I'm a, I'm a big gut microbiome guy, and um, I really do everything I can to educate people about how to maintain the health of your gut microbiome. Well, it turns out that your intestinal epithelial cells have the highest rate of cellular turnover of any cells in the body. That means that there's going to be a lot of oxidative activity producing the energy to continue to be creating the cellular turnover. And so when glutathione is being produced by ME3 in the GI tract, it is really right there on site to help protect the uh, intestinal epithelial cells that are having such a high rate of metabolic activity. So it's just another way to understanding of how glutathione protects the gut. That's interesting because you're because I think what you're saying is that the glutathione isn't normally in the gut because when you eat it it gets broken down so the only way you can have glutathione in the gut is if the bacteria is making it. That's right. It's not normally there, but the cells in the lining of the gastrointestinal tract and every single cell in your body makes glutathione. Oh, well. Okay. So it's not it's not normally in the tube that goes through the gastrointestinal tract, that's just chyme and, and broken down food that you've swallowed. But the cells in the lining of the GI tract make glutathione. Every cell in the body makes it. Okay. So this is just going to be extra. And then yeah. somehow it gets through the lining of the bowel into the bloodstream. Um, some, some of it's getting absorbed and some of it's being activity right in the GI tract. Well, before we jump ahead, I have one more question about the gut because, sure. I mean, really, one of, I mean, I'm, I kind of come and go when it comes to probiotics because it's like, it just irritates me that I gotta, you know, you take them and you do feel better. I mean, I, I'll tell you, I often do feel, you know, I get some benefit out of taking them, but then I stop taking them and then it goes away because, you know, I don't know, it yeah. was a drop of dye in the ocean and that billion. <laughs> you know, bacteria <laughs> didn't have a chance against the trillions that were already there. Uh, so does this, whatever you called it, does it uh, survive or do I have to keep taking it for the rest of my life? You got to keep taking it. After about a week or 10 days, most of it is out of your GI tract. And so it is. it does not colonize and become a long-term resident. Uh, that's a bummer. Yeah. 
And I'd like to do another episode sometime with you and take a deep dive into probiotics and explain to people how the gut microbiome works. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that's for another time. Yeah, great. I want to offer a, uh, something free for our listeners and viewers today, Joe. Free is good. I wrote an eight-page white paper okay. on the discovery and the history of lactobacillus fermentum ME3. Okay. So I'll give you the link and all of our listeners can have access to that. Yeah. And it introduces um, them to... Um, Professor Marika Milkasar, who's the MD, PhD, who discovered uh, ME3 and the process of discovery and learning how it does, works and why it works. And so it's a fascinating story. Okay. And you can make that uh, PDF file available to everybody. Yeah, I can put that. And, and I, you had sent me some slides. I'll put those in there. Sure. And uh, and where should people, if, if they're interested in trying it, where should they go? Yeah, um, you can go online on Amazon, and these RegActive products are all available there. My company, Essential Formulas, has the sole right to uh, import and market this brand name from Europe. So you can go to the Essential Formulas website, which is essentialformulas.com. Okay, uh, we'll get so that link in there. You bet. Great. But I think that boosting glutathione levels, Joe, is one of the most proactive things that people can do to achieve what I call healthy longevity. You know, yeah. to not just life extension, but increasing your health span as well as your lifespan. Yeah. I, I'm totally on board with that. And, and there's no reason why you got to pick one way. You know, these are fundamental health promoting things. So, exactly. Tr yeah. you know, hit it from multiple directions and make sure you're getting it done. Yeah, and I make one more. You brought up probiotics, so let me make a comment about this. Uh, my company's flagship product is named Doctor O'Hara's Probiotics. Uh, so I get a lot of people that say, "Well, listen, I'm taking Doctor O'Hara's. Do I have to take this Regactive probiotic also?" Uh -huh. And my comment is, "Yes, I recommend it because Doctor O'Hara's is the best probiotic to create and maintain gut health. But the Regactive products with ME3." is a whole nother brand. We don't like to classify it as a probiotic. It's really the number one product in the world to boost glutathione levels. So okay. the, the RegActive products are the premier glutathione boosters where Dr. O'Hara's probiotics, I teach people why that's the best probiotic for gut health. Got it, got it. All right, well, yeah, we'll have to do an episode on gut health. Yeah. Um, I'm sort of fascinated by that. Uh, I've been learning a lot about it, but um, I've been trying to boost my own gut health just by my diet and not through probiotics, but maybe I'm making a mistake. I'll, you'll have to uh, let me know about that. You bet. Well, I'll send you a link uh, for all our listeners to my eight-minute YouTube video, which is called Ross's Salad Buzz, and it's hmm. the way to make a glutathione, uh, excuse me, a, a probiotic uh, supporting a salad, and a meal. And then when we do another episode on the gut microbiome, I'll get into deep dive details on why this is so important. Good. All right. Well, Ross, welcome back from uh, Spain and Portugal. And uh, thanks for educating us about glutathione. Well, Joe, thanks for the invitation to be on with you. I always enjoy talking with you and having the opportunity to share information with your viewing audience. Yeah, super fun. All right, buddy. Have a good night. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining my conversation with Ross Pelton about glutathione. You can find more information about Ross and glutathione in the show notes.